Thanks for joining us through the Crossbridge Podcast. We hope this message speaks to you wherever you may be on your spiritual journey and helps you take your next step of growth in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about Crossbridge or to speak with one of our ministry team members, please visit crossbridge.church. Thank you. Um, thank you, Pastor Kevin. Hey, um, I was thinking about even how we would enter um, this service. And honestly, I, I, I was thinking before I walked up here, um, struggling to find my words, like even on how to get started. And uh, I was even thinking, though, when Kevin was praying and this whole idea that we would be followers who would reflect who we follow, right? We would reflect Jesus, I think, is um, probably a predominant thought that came to mind as, as Kevin was praying. And so, hey, and you may wonder, you may be thinking, oh, how did we get back here again, right? I, I kind of have the same kind of feeling. In fact, uh, uh, I would much rather be preaching with a bunch of people in the room. And, and yet I trust that you're out there and I trust that you hear my voice. And I, I also trust um, that we're going to be back together again uh, in the room soon. Um, but here's what I want to say to you. Let's just, let's just dive in and get started. As, as I was thinking about how do we get here, right? Um, we are very much a church that has a mission, and man, we go after it, right? And, and simply stated, uh, a bunch of missionally-minded Jesus followers, I've, I've always thought this, but I just want to say it again, should make the communities that we're a part of better. If Crossbridge is a part of Ottawa, Illinois, Ottawa should be better that we're there. If Ottawa is part of Peru, LaSalle, it should be better because it's there. Because if we are the people that when we read Scripture to who we're called to be, if that's the kind of life we're living and the way we're investing in the people around us and loving the people around us and living, we should make the place better. You know, as the entire state sees the numbers continue to go up, um, let me pause for a second there. Even I would say this, no matter what your personal beliefs are about the pandemic, um, my heart breaks greatly for the people that it's affecting. In fact, um, I know business owners. I, I know servers. In fact, we just had a server at one of our local restaurants get baptized like two weeks ago. I know teachers. I know administrators. I hear families that are like trying to figure out how to continue to be mom or dad plus math teacher, science teacher, right? Complicated stuff. Um, in fact, even today, I got a text from someone saying, hey, um, you know, this, I'm not going to mention the name, but, you know, we have a Crossbridger who's very sick right now with COVID, who's, who's in the hospital and uh, requesting prayer. And so in my mind, like I just continue to pray for those that are affected. And here's what I also want to say um, as the pastor of Crossbridge, I feel like I, as I'm representing this place, we care about you, right? For all of you who are going through these great, um, just difficult days, we pray for you. And, uh, and I'm thankful you're a part of this place. And I hope you know that you're loved and cared for. See, I think it's important, though, that we reflect the Crossbridge, the church, right, and how we do things, how we live in this time that reflects the communities that we're a part of. Uh, my hope is that not, not that we're contributing to numbers rising, but we're contributing 
to numbers falling, right? That we're not part of the problem, that we're part of the solution. And as the entire state wrestles with these adjustments, um, it hit me, in fact, last Monday, and I thought, we should be wrestling with these kinds of adjustments as well. See, it's exciting what's happened at Crossbridge across the last several weeks, but the reality is Crossbridge is a big church. It's a big church with lots of people, and in this world that we live in, big churches with lots of people make this thing complicated. And, um, and so we're going to continue to wrestle and we're going to continue to make adjustments as we go. In fact, um, really what I wanted was just to hit the pause button and allow us to take this weekend and next weekend and then figure out what it will look like when we come back together. And I'm going to talk to you more about that next week um, in specifics, but, but to figure it out, right? Um, because that's what we, we have to do. And, and in fact, um, I think it's really, really important that we do figure it out because I want us to be able to continue to worship. But I also want to be able to lay my head on the pillow at night knowing that I haven't put the people that I love greatly at high risk. I do not want to be at the center of a bunch of people getting sick. Um, I'm also thankful, I'm just going to say it, I'm thankful for our leadership board. You've elected an incredible leadership team that helps lead this church. And as I got together with them Monday night, um, and we talked about this online, we were gathered, and uh, it was just, it was wonderful, like, to hear support and confidence and saying, hey, if this is what you sense, like, we are all in, and, and we want to be a church, right, that continues to adjust um, in this season that we're in. You know, um, the ways in which we make these decisions, they're tough. They, they just are. And, uh, and, if, and I hope, I hope you know, whether you like the decision or not, I'm guessing many do not, um, I hope you know they don't come easy. And they come with prayer and they come with surrounding, even myself, with great leaders. Um, and, and I'm thankful, thankful for them. And then one more thing I, I want to say, um, and this may, I don't know, take it, take it for what it's worth, but... Uh, I, you know, I didn't get an email this week from the governor. Uh, I didn't get some sort of special memo. Um, the, the governor is not putting pressure on us. I, I've had some folks ask that. He's not. Um, not at all. In fact, if anything, I think they've kind of left the churches alone. They, they mentioned several months ago kind of these recommendations we should live in. But as the leader of Crossbridge, I'm putting pressure on myself. I'm putting pressure on us to do the right things that allow us the continued opportunity to be seen as a church that makes the communities that we're a part of better places. You know, um, and then I've had some folks who've said to me, well, man, we can't just respond out of fear. And here's what I would say to that. Um, we're not. In fact, um, I, don't, I don't really feel any fear. The only fear I feel is that we might come out on the other side of this and somehow wrecked um, our witness of who we are in the communities that we're a part of. And when I think about Crossbridge and I think about the years, I've been here eight years. The truth is God started this story way before I got here. But I think about a church moving from 200 to somewhere in the neighborhood of 1400 pre-COVID. And I just think, hey, like this community, like we are known in this community. We are known as the place where you go um, if you're going to try church. We're known in the communities that we're a part of as, as, as church that, that cares about kids, 
that feeds kids. We're in 30 different schools. We're known as a church who has a mission to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus. And we do it over and over and over. And my hope is that six months or a year down the road or whatever it is, people look back and they still recognize us in that kind of way. That's what's important to me. And so I hope you'll hang with us. I hope, uh, I hope you know I love you and I care about you. Um, but I want to be able to do this um, not out of fear, but out of being responsible. Being a responsible leader to a bunch of people that I love, to communities that I love. And, and I just believe that this mission has just gotten started. In fact, um, you know, that's what was so hard about shutting the, like going to online even this weekend, right? We had 34, I believe, people baptized in the last three weeks. And, um, and that's hard. In fact, we had a couple more who wanted to be baptized this weekend and we will get them. We will get them in the water. Uh, trust me. But um, this mission, it's, it's not stopping and we're going to figure it out and I appreciate your prayers. Hey, before we dive into this passage, let me pray for us. Father, thank you so much for the people of Crossbridge. I am thankful to be the pastor here. I'm thankful for a wonderful group of leaders that surround me. And Lord, I'm thankful that we have this problem. I'm thankful that we have a ton of people who call Crossbridge home, which makes this whole thing, this season we're in, complicated. But God, I pray that you'd give us wisdom. I pray that you'd help us to lead responsibly. Help us to lead um, with you out in front of us, that we would follow you, that we would listen to you, that you would be our guide, that you would be our Lord. And God, this church, it is yours. It is yours. These people, they are yours. God, I pray for your continued leadership upon Crossbridge, and we'll continue to follow you the best way we know how. I pray today as I preach this message, as we dive in again to, um, into your word, that you'd show us what you want us to see. I thank you for this opportunity. I ask for your help. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right. Hey, we're going to look at 1 Peter again. If you were with me last week, um, worshiping, whether you were online or whether you were in person at one of our campuses, we talked about 1 Peter chapter 1. And uh, man, if you missed it, go back and, and check that out. But with this week, uh, I thought, you know what? I'm going to continue to read 1 Peter because what I said last week, right? You got a group of people who continue like they were struggling. Uh, they were, man, they were struggling and they were dealing with some really hard times. And, and in fact, um, I shared with you last week that in chapter one, it says, I'm writing to a chosen people who are living as foreigners. Uh, another scripture, another passage of scripture might say aliens, people who um, were trying to live differently, and, but they found themselves like sticking out in this world that they really didn't belong. And, and I don't really feel like we've gotten there yet, but I would say this, I think that this for most of us is challenging times. And so I think that if, if we could even just kind of come alongside this group of people and maybe picture how they might have heard these words and then, and then take those and lay them on top of our life as well, that it would be good for us. So let's just dive in. 1 Peter chapter 3, starting at verse 8. The heading here is all Christians, okay? And here's what it says. Finally, all of you should be of one mind. Sympathize with each other. Love each other as brothers and sisters. Be tender-hearted and keep a humble attitude. 
Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do. And he will grant you his blessing. For the scriptures say, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. <laughs> now, I actually had another message that I was going to preach to you when I started the week, uh, that I was going to preach to you, and um, it was actually a story out of the Old Testament. Um, I preached it like four years ago, and I was looking it up, and I was like, man, it is so relevant to today. And the truth was, it was encouraging and it was kind of this like, rah, rah, like God is faithful. And, uh, and I really, I thought, man, we can't go wrong with this message. And then I just had this feeling in my gut that, uh, I mean, it was a message, but it wasn't the message for this week. But as I read this one, this is not one of those like, rah, rah, God is faithful. You're wonderful. Ooh, this is not one of those. In fact, when I read it, um, as I read it, and I just know this, I'm not reading for you. When, when, I, when I'm thinking about writing a sermon, I'm not reading scripture going, hmm, what does Sally need to hear? Or what? Well, this would be good for Joey, right? It's not how it works. In fact, the way that I look for a sermon is I start with me and I ask myself, what does this say to me right now in the place where I find myself? Because here's what I look at it. If it speaks to me, then maybe it'll speak to you. And it's got to start here for me ever to be able to deliver it to you. This is not just a talk. This is a Lord has spoke to me, and I'm going to share it to you what he spoke to me, and I hope that you get something out of it. So as I, as I worked on this sermon and I wrote down, you know, several things here, um, there was actually, it turned into questions. As I read that uh, the, the scripture, I found myself like with these questions that I needed to answer myself that I needed to answer first before I could actually even ask you. And here's where we're going to start. The first question, are we dividing or are we uniting? Let me ask it again. Are we dividing or are we uniting? It was a quote that I read from uh, uh, someone who speaks oftentimes on behalf of the larger church. Um, and it says this, a divided country needs a united church. Hmm. Man, is that not the truth? A divided country. You know, no matter how you feel about the way this election turned out, let me just tell you something. The one thing that every single one of us ought to be able to agree on is that we're divided. That our country is divided right down the middle. And, and then you think about what role could the church play? I mean, what role could the church play? I mean, we could, we could say, man, we're going to play right into the division. <laughs> or it could be a great opportunity to be united. I love when 1 Peter 3 8 says, finally, all of you should be of one mind. Hmm, one mind. Sympathize with each other. I mean, let's go back to last week. That's what I was really trying to get us to center around. You know, so many things to be worried about, so many ways to look at it. But what if we could be united in one mind around the fact that Jesus is Lord? That Jesus is Lord. I mean, to me, that solves a lot of problems. That takes a lot of anxiety about, is it this leader? Is it this leader? Let, I mean, let's just center on what we know about us and what we could say, like pulls us together, which is Jesus is Lord. 
Again, I don't buy into that our future hinges on any politician. In fact, that kind of thought makes God really, really small. I think about what are the words that are unifying right now? The words like, our God is faithful. The words like, Jesus is our Lord. The words like, let's unite and pray for our country. Or the words like, let's unite and love the people around us. Or how about we are united and pulling together instead of creating more division. I want to remind you of a quote that I said last week, and it says this, it's in the darkest times that our collective light shines the brightest. Oh, I pray that to be true. I pray that to be true. Like what an opportunity for the church in the midst of a dark time to shine brightly as we come together. The second question that, that was posed in this passage is, how is our posture in our relationships? How is our posture in our relationships? See, Peter, he's reminding the listeners, stay focused on who you are. Stay focused on living the life that Jesus has called you to live. Here's what it says again. Finally, all of you should be of one mind. Sympathize with each other. Here are the each others. Love each other as brothers and sisters be tender-hearted and keep a humble attitude. Now, when I read through those, those, oof, those are challenging. In fact, you're going, yeah, Kevin, oh, oh. and I'm just going to say I'm with you because they're hard. But what if we could listen to these powerful postures and we could say, Lord, help me to live this way? Like, what would it look like? You know, I was reading like, sympathize with each other. Huh, sympathize. So maybe it's the idea that we wouldn't just try to say, man, this is my take. This is how I see it. But we would actually sympathize with the way others might feel. We don't see a lot of that going on right now. In fact, the thing that came to mind for me, um, and here's what we know, right? We talk about division. Uh, 49% of the country, right, feels like they lost. 51% of the country feels like they won. That's where we find ourselves, winners and losers, if we're blunt. And I was raised to be competitive. In fact, um, there was a saying that um, I, I remember uh, growing up, you show, someone, you show me someone who likes to lose, and I'll show you someone who is a loser, right? I grew up that way. I hated to lose. And, and there was many times I had a terrible attitude about losing. In fact, um, I, and I think that's really critical right now. Like, I think what's critical is, what is our attitude in the midst of losing and or winning, however you may feel? And I'll admit at times, I, there's been times when I still, I don't lose well. Or there's times when I don't win well. Some of you would say, every time you talk about the Cardinals and Cubs, Kevin, like, I think you, you don't lose well or win well is what I would say, right? See, I, and I confess that. I remember as a young kid, um, I, had a ten year, I had a brother that was 10 years older and I had a brother-in-law that was 12 years older. And, and they saw it as their job to like, um, how would you say it? To develop my competitive nature. And so every time we played something, they would just beat on me. There was never mercy. And, uh, and I just, I had to grow up like just taking my lumps from them. Now I will say this, it was good in the long run, right? I remember at one point my parents saying to me, they said, Kevin, you can't win every time. But in my mind, I thought, but I want to. And, and I don't want to accept your words because who likes to lose? I don't want to think that way. 
The reality is, as we grow up, we, we begin to recognize though, right? We don't always come out on the winning side. We don't. Sometimes we win, and there's sometimes we lose. But what's important is that our attitude is like Jesus either way. You know, um, the next thing there is love, right? This is <laughs> it's what we're supposed to be known for. John 13, 35 puts it like this. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. As people look at us, they should know who we are by how we love. And I get that it's hard. In fact, you don't have a chance of doing that if you're doing it on your own. If there's not more of Jesus than more of you, you, you won't be able to do that. Or I think about tender-hearted, right? Guarding our hearts. I saw a friend post Proverbs 4.23 and it stuck out to me. I thought, man, this is a refrigerator verse for right now. And here's what it says. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. You know, one of the things I'm noticing from people that I really care about is that we have some, like I've got some, some good friends, that their hearts, I, I'm concerned for them because their hearts, it, it looks as though their heart is turning hard. Over what? Right? But it's obvious their heart is turning hard and they're, they're in the midst of these, oh, terrible, like, conflicts, right? Even on social media. But guard your heart. You will wake up one day and say to yourself, how did it get so hard? And it, it, it is, it's like it happens. We, we think it happens overnight, but it happens conversation after conversation. And when our thoughts like go down the wrong path over and over and over, be tenderhearted. God, keep our hearts soft. And we should pray that. And then I think about, this is really kind of blunt, but it's in the passage, right? Just walking right down it. It says, don't repay evil for evil. And don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. You're like, yeah, right. That is what God has called you to do. And he will grant you his blessings. For the scriptures say, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Man, like, so the question is, how are we doing with our words? See, I told you, like, this isn't one of those rah-rah sermons, right? How are we doing with our words? I mean, have you watched the news lately? Have you scrolled through social media lately? Wow. Like, words. Oh, words are like baseball bats right now, right? I mean, people are just getting thumped left and right. Our words, they're so not pretty. And here's what I'm going to tell you. You cannot control what other people say to you. But with the Spirit's help, you can control your response. And let me just tell you, and you may say, Kevin, I can't. Like, I just can't control it. And here's what I'd tell you as your pastor who, lo like, who loves you. Open up your phone right now. Open up social media. Open up Facebook and hit log out. Because you're damaging your own heart as well as people around you. Just log out before you do real damage that you can't undo. You may have to be careful with the words and the narratives that we ascribe to because they don't only just reflect upon you. And you're like, it's my page. I can say what I want. It doesn't just reflect upon you. It reflects upon your Jesus. And then the final question, are we helping to escalate peace? Or are we creating dissension? Now, this was probably the one that maybe spoke to me the most. Turn away from evil and do good, in verse 11. Search for peace and work to maintain it. And you want to talk about work. 
work to maintain it. Peace is hard to find right now. It goes back to the quote that I said in the beginning of this sermon, which is a divided country needs a united church. My, my, just my personal feelings, and I'm, and I'm really just laying it out there for you. Um, and I'm trying to be authentic. And I, I, but my personal feelings would be this. Um, we need God to help unite us. Because, you know, we can say, man, the world is divided. Man, the world out there is so divided, Pastor Kevin. And here's what I'd tell you. The church is divided too. It's sad, but it's the truth. The division isn't just outside the church walls. I see it everywhere. The church is divided. We've allowed it to penetrate the walls and we've allowed it to divide our hearts. And, and I just believe the church, like we have some work to do. COVID has divided us, if we're honest. Masks have divided us, if we're honest. The election has divided us. Social media has divided us. But what would it look like for us to say, we're going to push towards peace and we're going to work to maintain it. We're going to sympathize with others. We're going to watch our words. I mean, think about these things. We're, we're going to watch our attitudes and we are going to work to maintain peace with our brothers and sisters, as well as those who are outside the family of God. And then I, I think about the key to all this, right? You read a passage of scripture like this, and man, it is, um, and I'm sure, can you imagine, imagine the, the people back in, in, in Peter, like where he's talking, right? These people who are probably dealing with terrible persecution, who were probably in a much bigger mess than what we are. And imagine when they would have been hearing these things and looking at Peter like, what are you saying? That, that, that I'm going to return a, a blessing to the people who are being hard on me? What are you saying? We should sympathize? That we should make peace? When it feels like we, like we should make war? But see, I think what Peter was trying to do is he was trying to say, time out! Time out, and in, in the midst of all your emotions, which are running wild, hit the pause button, hit time out, and ask yourself, are you living, back to what we said last week, are you living and reflecting that Jesus is your Lord, and is he the one who has filled you and is flowing out of you, or is it just you? Is it just you who's being pinched and pressed in a mess and what's coming out is you? Because the opportunity is that Jesus gets to come out. And then even as the church, we get to lead. That we get to lead in what it looks like to live in peace. That we get to lead in what it looks like to love and love well. We get to lead in what it looks like to respect others. God, check our hearts. I was reminded just a couple weeks ago, I've lived in my house now um, that, I currently, that I'm currently in for about a year, and there's a couple things that I knew I needed to do, and one of them was get the fireplace checked, right? So I'm looking up chimney sweeps, right? Um, trying to find somebody, and these guys show up, and because here's the thing about a chimney, right? It's, it's really hard to know what's going on in there, and you don't know until you have a fire, right? 
So I thought, it's time. Like, let's get the chimney checked. You know, the other thing that's on the list is um, the, the septic tank, right? I've got a leach field now, and I've got the septic tank. I have no idea whether it's empty or full, uh, but either one of those, right? Like, if you don't check the chimney, you get a fire, possibly. And if you don't check the septic tank, you got other problems, right? And so both of those, though, are things which I would say, it's really easy. We just go on and we just continue to live. We keep flushing, right? We keep burning and we keep, because we're like, yeah, it's all good. And what I would say is, every once in a while, you should stop and check, Right? There's some routine maintenance that needs to happen. And when I look at this passage and I think about 1 Peter chapter 3, and, and this, just this line is like, it's at the heart of who we are as Christians. When it says, turn away from evil and do good. You're like, what? I'm like, turn away from evil and do good. See, we evaluate. Let's evaluate how we're doing. And if we're not doing, if we're not living the way Jesus has called us to live, then the invitation as it is like all throughout scripture, is to turn away from it, to turn around, to repent is the word and say, God, I don't want to live like that. I don't want to look like that. I don't want to say that. I don't want to feel that towards those folks. And so God help me. And we would turn away from and turns towards God and say, I need more of you. More of you and less of me. When I think about this place we live right now, when I think about all the things that are going on in this world that has everybody amped up, including myself, oh, there is not a better time to stop and do a self-check and say, is it more of me? Like, am I full of me or am I full of him. What's, what's coming out? How am I doing? Do, do, would people know that, Jesus, you're my Lord? You're my leader and you're in charge. You're guiding my words. You're guiding my heart. You're helping me to love and to love well. Would people know that about me? I think that's a really important question. And I think the more of us that get that right, the truth is, a world needs to see what real Jesus followers look like right now. And, and what better time to display it? Maybe you feel pressed and crushed and depressed or whatever it may work, be, be for you. You're in a hard spot. Press in. Press in and trust Jesus to show up. We're going to sing a song here in just a minute. And um, so our worship team is going to come. And, and here's what it says. I want to read just a couple lines that stuck out to me. It says, let the king of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from. Oh, Jesus, may you be, right? The fountain that I drink from. May you be the one who fills us up. Or listen to this line. And let the king of my heart be the wind inside my sails. Or this line, the anchor in the waves. Be the fire inside of my veins, the echo of my days. Oh, be my song. And it goes on. And I think this is really healthy right now. <laughs> really healthy. This song, you're, you're going to hear the line over and over. God, you're so good. Even in a, in a rough world right now, God, you are so good. 
Sometimes you just need to say it out loud. Maybe you're struggling to believe it. Say it out loud. Sing it. God is good. He hasn't promised us that every day would be sunshine, 75 degrees. That's San Diego, not Ottawa or Peru LaSalle or wherever you're from. But the truth is, he's always good. And he walks with us as people. And he inhabits us. And he helps us to live for him in whatever season we find ourselves. Father, as we sing this song, check our hearts. Check my heart. I'm coming before you and I'm asking you, Lord, help me with my words. Help me with my heart. I don't want it to get hardened. I want it to be soft. Help me with my attitude. Help me to sympathize with people who think differently than me. Help me with all of these things, Lord, and more. But God, continue to do a work in us that you may shine through us. That What would it look like, Lord, in a dark world that your believers would unify in a way in which our collective light shines brightest. Do that work in us. Do it through us. We humbly come before you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Crossbridge Podcast. The mission of Crossbridge is to lead others into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And we'd love to partner with you on your spiritual journey. So please let us know how we can come alongside you and support you and pray for you by visiting crossbridge.church.